Hello and welcome to this week's episode of What Happened for September 9th, 2018. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and this week we have stories in all three sections. We have stories in games, movies, and tech. First up is games. In gaming, Nintendo held a Nintendo Direct and was chock full of news for Switch owners. They made a lot of announcements. So let's go through them really quickly. They announced uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 for 2019, a new Animal Crossing game, a port of new Super Mario Bros. for the Switch coming in January 2019, and over the next year, Final Fantasy games will be coming to the Switch, including Final Fantasy 7, 9, 10, 10, 2, and 12. Along with all of these games, Nintendo will also be making new wireless NES controllers for the Switch. This is to go with the NES games that will be playable on the Switch if you sign up for their online membership. It will cost $60 for a set of two controllers and will ship sometime in December. However, there is one catch in that to be able to buy them, you must have an online subscription. This is also limited to one per subscription, so for example, say you have a family and you have a family subscription, since your kids play, if you want to buy a set, you can, but if your kids want their own set, they can't. They will need to make their own separate account for it. I think while this is a smart move by Nintendo to stop flippers from getting their hands on it so easily, I think one per account is too low, especially for a family account. I think if you have a family account, you should be able to buy two or three sets so everyone in the family can have a controller. This also leads into the Nintendo Online Service launching September 18th. There will be a one-week trial available for users if they're interested, and after that the pricing will be $3.99 a month, $7.99 for three months at a time, or $20 per year. Now that is for one account. If you have a family with multiple accounts, there is a family option at $35 a year, and you can have up to seven users on it. So besides now being charged for playing online in some games such as Mario Kart and Splatoon 2, there will be cloud saves and a library of NES games that will be rotated over time, with 20 to start at launch including The Legend of Zelda. Now I thought this was great and all, but then after the Direct there was an update that you would lose your cloud saves if your subscription ends, which is kind of a dick move, since Xbox, for example, allows you access to cloud saves without needing a gold membership. So I guess if you play a lot of Switch games you should probably buy the yearly subscription so it doesn't run out, or you forget. Switching over to movies, in possibly sad news, The Hollywood Reporter is reporting that Henry Cavill is done being Superman. As of now, there is nothing official from Warner Brothers about this, but The Hollywood Reporter is saying that recently talks broke down about Cavill having a cameo in Shazam, and that they do not plan to make a solo Superman movie for years, while they focus on other DC movies such as Supergirl. Along with this, sources have been saying that Warner Brothers are trying to reset their DC movies a bit after the results of Justice League. Personally, I'm disappointed by this, as Warner Brothers could have fixed this easily. Like, you have no plans for Man of Steel 2. Are you guys so fucking incapable of getting Henry Cavill a good script so he has something to work with that you don't even trust yourselves to make a Superman movie? I don't know why Warner Brothers has been struggling to develop the DC movies over the past few years. Compared to Marvel Studios, this has been a train wreck. Anyways, I guess we will just have to wait and see what happens. Moving over to our last section, tech... We got Apple, so last week was the big yearly iPhone press conference, and this year Apple showed off three new iPhones. Now I'm going to go through some of this kind of quickly, because this episode is coming a few days after the event, so if you wanted to really know the details of the new devices, you would have looked it up by now. So the first set of phones are the iPhone XS and the iPhone XS Max, with the Max having a 6.5 inch screen. Now again, this is an S year, so the updates are minimal, but there are some. Both phones have a new A12 chip and a slightly better camera with the feature of now changing how much blur is in the photo after you take it, something Samsung has been able to do for a while. The phones come out this Friday, September 21st, with the XS starting at $999 and the XS Max starting at $1099. That's right, the starting price for this phone is almost $1100. 
The third phone Apple announced was the iPhone XR, and it is the cheaper model this year. Starting at 749 you get a 6.1-inch LCD screen, not OLED like in the 10. so basically think of the screen on your iPhone 7 and 8s. Camera-wise, you only get one back camera, unlike the 10, which has two. However, you are still able to have some of the features, such as portrait mode. Also, the phone is not made with glass, but instead aluminum. The good news is that it is just about all of the differences. The chip is still the same with an A12, so the phone will be just as fast, and maybe even faster, because with the lower resolution screen, it will not have to push that many pixels. If you are interested in the 10R, however, you'll have to wait a bit. Pre-orders start in October 19th, and will not come out until October 26th. So from what I've seen from the phones, I would say if you have an iPhone 7 or older, upgrade to the iPhone XS if you can. OLED screens are amazing, and the jump in camera quality will be worth it. If you have an iPhone 8 or 10, unless you want the latest and greatest, wait until next year. We have to wait and see how the XR performs, but if you are interested in it, wait and then compare that and the XS to make your decision. Who knows, you might like it more than the XS, and you might save some money in the process. Apple also announced the new Apple Watch Series 4. These ones are redesigned with thinner bezels and bigger screens going from 38 and 42 millimeters to 40 and 44 millimeters. The digital crown also now has haptic feedback, but the biggest feature added to the watch is the ability to take an ECG, which can detect your heartbeat pattern. Useful for seeing if you have an irregular heartbeat. The Apple Watch Series 4 starts at $399 and also comes out this Friday, September 21st. However, based on the pre-orders on Apple Store, it looks like it may be hard to get as shipping dates have slipped to mid-October. Also, a heads up to anyone that buys a new iPhone, Apple will not be including the lightning to headphone jack adapter that they've been doing for the past two years. If you do not have one, you'll need to buy it separately for $9. Some other details from Apple's event, iOS 12 and tvOS 12 will be released on September 17th. macOS Mojave will be released September 24th with its long-awaited dark mode feature. And what was discontinued in the wake of these new product announcements? The iPhone 10, the iPhone SE, the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus and the Apple Watch Edition, you know, the $10,000 watch. Moving on to our last topic of the day, Google and China. Yep, we're talking about this again. Oh, Google, Google, Google. I was with you, man. You want to go back into the Chinese market, and I was for it. You can't stop China, and you want the market share. I get it. People have been against this move since it was leaked, and I thought they were wrong. However, if what was now leaked is true, I can't support you. Apparently, sources talked to The Intercept, where the original whistleblower leaked about the app in the first place to give an update on codename Dragonfly, the search app for China. If true, the search app will also tie into users' phone numbers, so it'll make it easier for the Chinese government to track who searched what. Also, if you were to look up weather or smog updates, it could possibly be replaced with doctored data from the government, not the actual results. This continued development of Dragonfly has also caused people at Google to resign in protest. The Intercept reports that a Google senior research scientist, along with four other employees, have resigned due to this. Along with these updates, Congress is trying to grill Google about this. In a letter from a group of House representatives to Google CEO Sundar Pichai, they ask about the details of Google's plans for China, what restrictions will be put in place, and why do they want to go back after leaving in 2010. The reason for this is also explained in a letter. Quote, As policymakers, we have a responsibility to ensure that American companies are not perpetuating human right issues abroad, and to ensure that our regulatory and statutory systems are able to deal with changing business environments, end quote. So for now, my opinion is switching over to the don't do this side. I still believe Google should enter the Chinese market and should not be criticized for trying to grow in a booming tech economy over there. However, while I understand they have to play ball with the Chinese government with censorship, tying citizens' phone numbers with their searches is too much. You do not have to make it that easy for them to be tracked, 
and you should only do the minimum required to get approved. This story has been developing really quickly over the past month, and I'm curious what's going to happen now and what Google is going to do with all of this pushback. So that is it for this week's episode of What Happened. Uh, Sorry, there was a couple-week delay, uh, hiatus. I finished and published my first documentary about mobile payments in China. You can catch it on my YouTube channel. Uh, Just search Tyler Callahan or Mobile Payments in China. Along with that, I'm just about to finish up my travel vlog from Seattle. I went to Seattle with my girlfriend a couple months ago. About to finish that one up. And I'm also finishing up the summer box office results video. And once that is done, I will be back to doing the podcast weekly, writing articles on TylerCallahan.com. And hopefully you can catch up on all that. Thank you very much.